We're now at 61 people on our team. We grew from number 15 in the nation to number eight in the nation. My theme is going to be life happens for me and not to me. Matt Smith here, all or nothing in real estate. Guys, wanted to let you know this podcast is special. This one is a recording from a speech that I was privileged to give at Lake Tahoe 2022 to a room of almost 200 of the most impressive real estate leaders in the nation. The room's full of number ones for a number of brands in the world, in Canada, in the US, you name it. Um, and I had the privilege of being on the stage sharing a message of a little bit about my story and more importantly, what I've overcame in this market as it's transitioned and what we need to do to overcome the market as it continues to transition. This is a great one. Hope you find it valuable and we'll see you soon. This guy's cool, man. He, uh, um, again, each time anyone reaches out to me, I'm still that guy that um, started this thing 34 years ago and I get nervous, I get nervous on coaching calls, and the minute I'm not freaking nervous, this won't matter anymore. And the minute you're not nervous, and the minute you're not doubting yourself, you're not asking enough of yourself. It's another gentleman that approached me a couple years ago, was referred to me by, by someone else. Um, last year, he uh, closed over 700 transactions with 19 agents. Um, and a family man, which, uh, which I love, Brought his wife here with him, and he's also one of our coaches. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Smith. Thanks, John, for the intro. Um, I just was joking with Tim. I'm like, man, I got to follow that. Um, so I'll do my best. So I'm going to jump in. So um, raise your hand if you were here last year. Were you guys here last year? Look at all these repeat people. Awesome. So hopefully you remember a little bit of my story. I'm going to speak about some similarities from what I talked about last year, some lessons I've learned, and hopefully how you can take those away and bring those to your organizations and your agents. So um, since the last time I spoke, we're now at 61 people on our team. We grew from number 15 in the nation to number eight in the nation. Um, we built out a brand new office and we're on pace to close over 800 units this year, even with all the changes. So I'm going to have a theme today. My theme is going to be life happens for me and not to me. Is it okay if I get a little vulnerable with you guys? Is it okay if I get a little vulnerable with you guys? Thanks, John. So... I'm gonna take you back a little bit through, through some history of my life. So a lot of my mentors that I look up to, including John, will tell you that they're nothing special. But what makes them special is they don't think they're special, right? So I grew up, I remember my high school class had 30 kids in it. That's what I graduated with. Small town, I think there were 600 people in the entire town. Um, so that's where I come from. And I truly am nothing special. I'm a product of my environments, being in rooms like this, hard work, and just not giving up. Um, I had no father figure growing up. I remember several times as I was growing up as a kid, my dad lived five minutes across the highway from me. I saw him from the time I was six to the time I was 18, I saw him less than 15 times. Lived five minutes away. 
So I tell you that because we'll full circle that in a minute. Life happens for me, not to me. There's another part of the personal story, and I told this last year from this stage. A few weeks after my first daughter was born, my wife got really sick. You can see in this picture, uh, this picture's hard for me to look at. It takes me back to a spot that changed my life forever. So for months, I was a single dad caring for my wife and my newborn baby. We were poor, past due on our bills. When I say poor, like literally all we had, we were months behind on electric bills, every other bill you can imagine. Um, I remember my uncle came over to the house just to see the baby, right? He opened the fridge because he was going to get a snack, and he cussed me out. He said, what in the hell are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, there's nothing in the fridge. We had no food. We had diapers. We had formula. That's all we had. So I know what it feels like to be broke. And I just started my real estate career. I had big dreams, big ambitions, right? They left something out of real estate school. I don't know if you guys attended this day. Maybe I just missed it. But you don't get rich the first day you start real estate, right? So all of this is happening. I start this new career that takes time to get going. Um, and then my wife got really sick. She's bedridden in the hospital. She had multiple surgeries. One of those surgeries gave her an effect, infection. And I remember I'm holding my six-week-old daughter to go do our normal routine. I'm being Mr. Mom, visiting my wife every day in the hospital. And I go to open the door like normal, holding my six-week-old, and the door gets jammed in my face. Doctor comes out dressed in, like, hazmat suits. I'm like, oh, shit, this can't be good. Go in there. Basically, they won't let us in. Long story short, she developed staph infection from the surgery, and they basically gave her 24 hours to live. So I know what it feels like to hit rock bottom. I know what tough times are. Imagine holding your six-week-old baby, and you have to go into the hospital room to your bedridden wife that has 24 hours to live so she can say her goodbyes. I lived it. Thankfully, my wife pulled through. She's back here in the room. Love you. A moment like that will change your life forever. I will never forget it. But the story doesn't end there. I've had to start my real estate business over twice from absolute zero. I'm in a very small market to accomplish what we've accomplished. And anybody else in a small market here? Is it cutthroat in your small market? Way more than it should be? Doesn't make sense, right? They don't understand um, how to be contributors and have, have the right mindset, right? They're, they have a scarcity mindset in a lot of small towns. And so every time I tried to level up, my business was taken away from me. So my business was stolen. The first time I had all my listings were taken, my commission checks were held hostage, had to start from absolute zero, all because I wanted to do this cool thing and start a team. It just wasn't allowed, wouldn't allow it there. Went to the next place, started my team, and it worked. Um, we quickly grew to 250 closings a year. I saw this new opportunity um, to partner with some great people at this little known company at the time called EXP Realty. Partnered with EXP, jumped, broker found out that I was working with and said, you have two hours, get your stuff and get out. If you wanna play it that way, okay. So I'm walking out the door, he says, wait a minute, I'm not done. Those 97 listings that you have, they're mine. I'm taking them. 
don't call the clients, don't do this, don't do that. He took four of my team members. It was a nasty split up, right? I didn't know Glenn was gonna be here, but I'm gonna give Glenn a shout out. Glenn, you may not remember this. When I made this transition, I was going through all of this. You called me on my personal cell phone. Jeff Willems reached out to you, asked you to reach out to me, you and Jason both. Said, we hear you're going through tough times, how can we help? That's when I knew I made the right move to the right company, right? So I just have to give Glenn a shout out. Let's give him a round of applause. So being in the cutthroat market that lawsuits followed, complaints, you name it, for two years I was drugged through the mud because the giants in my market, nobody ever stood up to them before, and I did. So they had to make a lesson out of me. Nothing ever came of it, I never did anything wrong, but it was two years of hell. Um, but I choose to look at that through the lens of life happens for me, not to me. I'm not a victim of my circumstances. My circ everything in life happens for a reason, we've all heard that, but I don't think we truly understand what that means. There's everything in your life happens so that you can build a callus and learn and grow from it. Like Chep says, your lessons are in the rearview mirror. What have, you, what have you went through in life? Be thankful for your struggles because those made you who you are. The success I have today is because of all these hardships. I'm now a better father than I would ever be. I didn't have one. I know what that feels like. My daughters will never feel that. Life happens for me, not to me. Better husband because of the trials and tribulations of thinking I'm gonna lose my wife and I have 24 hours notice. I'm a better leader to my real estate organization because of the hardships that I've went through. None of that would have happened without those hardships. So think back, I challenge you to think back on your life. Think about the tough stuff. We all have a story. We all have hardships. But did that happen to you or did that really happen for you? If you change your mind, mindset, you can overcome those hardships. So talk a little bit about our success. Um, according to Real Trends, large teams by transactions. We are number eight team in the nation, number one in the state of Missouri. Um, we grew our team. We have over 60 people now and growing. We have three locations. Um, I'm blessed to be on stage like this in front of the leaders of leaders. I'm a Cheplak Live coach. It's my favorite thing to do. And most importantly, I, see, I go to a lot of events because I believe proximity matters. There are a lot of leaders tell their stories. I want to share a story of why I do what I do. So team members on my team, I do what I do for them, to give them opportunity, to give them chances to change their lives. I'm going to try not to get emotional here because this stuff matters to me. But I'm going to tell one particular story. Her name's Tasha. She's been with us three, a little over three years now. She came to us from a different company. She was ready to give up on real estate. It wasn't for her. She didn't have the coaching, training. She didn't have any of the, they didn't set her up for success, right? Um, so we brought her in. And the first thing that I did is I sat down with her and I said, what's important to you? Why do you want to be successful in real estate? She gave me the interview answers, right? But I, I don't give up. I dug deep, deep, deep. And over time, I built that relationship with her that I found out that she wanted to take her family on vacation to Mexico. They had never been out of the country. They had never made enough money to take a vacation with the family to take their kids out of the country. She also said, I also would like to have a Jeep. I'd like to have an orange Jeep Wrangler one day. And I kept digging, asked for more. And it took forever to get to this point because she didn't truly think it was ever possible. 
She said, well, I want to save up money. How much money do you want to save? Well, I don't want to tell you because I don't think it's possible. Like she kept getting in her own way. Finally, I got her to tell me she wanted to have $100,000 in the bank. She came from a place where she couldn't go on vacation as a kid, right? So proud to tell you, two years into the organization, I wish I had pictures, but I don't, Tasha took her family on an all-inclusive resort. She's taken them twice now since she's been on the team, been to Mexico. She's driving around a Jeep Wrangler with the top off every day. <laughs> she has more than $100,000 in a savings account. She's bought two houses, including an investment property, all because of what our organization has done and because we have facilitated the environment for her to make the choices to be successful. And so I think I want to share that with you because I get all the spotlight and all the glory, but I don't do it for me. I do it for other people, and I challenge you to look in your organization. Are you really doing this to help other people? So what does all this have to do with real estate, right? Absolutely everything. I can KPI you to death. I can do scripts, dialogues. I can do any of that stuff. But if you don't fix your mindset, none of that shit matters. If you don't fix your agent's mindset, none of that shit matters. None of it. How many people in this market shift are being a victim of the, of the circumstances. Oh, well, the market shifted, so this, this, and this. If anybody starts saying the market shifted and then there's anything else, I just don't listen to the rest of the sentence because they're not my people. They're making excuses, right? So for the last two, two years, if you had a pulse and a license, you had your best two years of real estate, right? The last two or three years, raise your hand if you had your best two or three years of real estate. You should have. If you were breathing, you had a license, it should have been, right? Markets change, no surprise. National Association of Realtors predicts that about 30% of real estate agents will be out of the business in the next 12 months. That's when I know I'm in the right room. It's because of inflation, interest rates, a recession, you guys get all that, right? But here's the part that I don't think our agents understand. I think you guys probably do. Our agents and our clientele or communities probably don't understand this as well as they should have. So I think it's our job to educate them. John said it earlier, be the lighthouse, right? So the market normalizing, use that word, the market's not shifting to the clients, it's normalizing, right? What, what we had is unsustainable. It's unrealistic. It was way too good to be true. It had to adjust. Why are we surprised that it changed? Markets shift, right? It's, it had to. So it's a good thing that it shifted, which is why some of the woohoos in the room. It was just a matter, matter of time before it ended. So I encourage you to give that information to your agents, give that information to your communities, to your clients, because I don't think that they truly understand that this normalization of the real estate market is a good thing for them, for sustainability. Agents can and do thrive in down or shifting markets. However, not everyone will, but anyone can. One of my favorite quotes. The choice is yours. Most people succeed in good times not only because of what they did right, but also in spite of what they did wrong. I know when I audited my business during this change, holy shit, how did I do as good as I did, right? Now that I'm going into what do we need to do to be ahead of this change, ahead of this normalization, we did a lot of stuff wrong. So if you're in this room, I'm gonna assume you already have exceptional service, you have a great organization, great team, great brokerage, great culture, track record of proven success, 
And you, let's be honest, you wouldn't be here if you didn't have a hard work ethic, right? So I'm gonna assume all of that is a fact. So with all those things being a part of who you are, how can you dominate in a shifting market? I'm gonna go through some action items here. Number one, control the controllables. John said it earlier, personal responsibility. If you don't own it, you can't change it. Can you control the market, yes or no? Can you control the market, yes or no? no. Thank you. So why are we worried about it? Why don't we focus on what we can control and how we react to it? What action are we taking? What scripts are we, are we learning? What skills are we building? Josh, John just took you to, through the five steps of productivity. Have you focused on skill building the last three years as much as you should have? I know I didn't, because I didn't have to. Now is the time to double down on the basics. Master the fundamentals. Control what you can control. Number two, manage your expenses. There was three, four, five, six months in a row when times were so good that I didn't even look at my PL. Anybody else with me? Like, hey, it's I got money in the bank account, right? Guys, we need to re-audit that. Be a good business leader. You have to manage your expenses. You owe it to your people. Because if you don't run a good business, they don't have an opportunity to go to work. Run your business like a business. Number three, and this is my passion, is leadership. I'm learning to be a better leader every day. I believe in leading by example. So are you as a leader of your organization? Are you maximizing your own productivity? Are you leading by example? Are you the first one in the office? Do you show up on time every time? Are you, are you a student of your craft? Are you just the leader that's sitting and pointing and saying, you guys need to make more calls? Leadership will get you through this market change. It's not up to your agents. It's up to you as a leader. Again, if you don't own it, you can't change it. So if you're sitting here as a leader pointing the finger and saying, well, agents aren't making more calls, what in the hell can you do about it? Nothing. If you own it and you accept that responsibility, that is my responsibility as a leader, what can I do to facilitate a better environment of prospecting, better environment of building skill, better environment of role play? Then your agents will pull through. I love this quote. I got this from one of my mentors, Ed Milet. No one is better at being you than you. Be authentic. Be who you are. There's a reason I'm up here in just a polo and jeans. That's who I am. Sorry, it's just who I am. Like, I don't change for anybody. I'm, off, I'm the best version of me that I can be. So I focus on every single day. John hit on this earlier. This is the hole that I still have, is leadership development program. I feel like we truly have three businesses in the real estate business. Number one, buyers and sellers, right? Number two, agents, a recruiting business. And number three, are you developing leaders? All three of those, they're the same process. We just overcomplicate them. But you need processes. You need somebody that owns all three of those, those and those need to be a focus for you. Needs to be intentional. Needs to be a focus. And he's in the room, Isaac Guzman. Um, I'm in one of his coaching forums. Big light bulb moment for me. He forced a bunch of us sales managers and a sales manager group to role play problems with agents. When's the last time you guys had your, your agents role play? Right, that's something you encourage? When's the last time your leadership team role played what an agent might say in these changing times? Do you have a leadership development program? And I focus on the real PNL, the people in their lives. 
You have to pour into your people. You can't do anything great alone. Number four is lead generation. First thing you need to do is audit what leads are not giving you an ROI. And don't give me this, well, I just tried this lead source for 30 days and it's not working. It's not going to. Give it time. My rule of thumb is a year. I give it a year. If it's not working after a year, I look at what could I have done differently. If it doesn't work, I cut it out. But what I have found is you focus on the lead sources, they all work if you work them properly. A message to market match. I kind of hit on this earlier with the changes in the marketplace. Are you guys the lighthouse for your community? Are you the lighthouse for all of your potential leads in your area about what interest, rising interest rates mean for them? What does a recession mean for them? Why is now a good time to buy or should they wait? Why they should buy instead of rent? Are you, are you in front of all of these quote unquote objections that your agents get? Here's what I have, I'll give you, a, a, you guys should write this down. Go with all your agents once a week in a role play session, whatever it is. I want every objection you guys got over the last week and I want to put it in a single document. Guess what we role play on? The objections they're hearing. Guess what else I do? I send it to my marketing team. Here's the videos for next week. I'm handling those objections while they're happening. And then the next time the agent has a phone call, that phone call comes in from somebody that watched the video and so it's no longer an objection. Set your agents up for success. Educate your clients and your consumers. Prospecting and marketing. When leads decrease, prospecting must increase. If Bill Pipes is in the room, he'll tell you that. I'm sure he'll talk on that. Guys, you have to prospect. I've heard other people, and I don't mean to laugh. I respect their opinion. I just think it's wrong. Marketing will get you through this downturn. Marketing is a part of the puzzle to get you through this shift, but it's not everything. If you don't have a process around your marketing, what is your marketing saying? Is it actually a message to market match? Do you have a prospecting schedule for your ISAs, for your agents to follow up with those people with right scripts and dialogues based upon what is going on in the current marketplace? That's truly how you lead an organization, how you get through these tougher times. I do, however, believe it is time to ramp up your lead generation. The strong will survive. What opportunities do you have? Now, cut all the ones that aren't working. What is working really well? Do more of that. Spend more money there. A lead conversion. This is a tough one. Anybody have a lead conversion problems right now? Raise your hand. So half of you are liars or not listening. Converting leads is way harder than it has been the past two years in this industry, right? Because people were calling us saying, hey, I want to buy. Or hey, I heard it's a good time to sell. What are you focused on to convert more leads? There is, there's a quote that I have that I say all the time. I don't always practice it, but it's true regardless. When you narrow your focus, you expand your potential. We as leaders, as high performers that are in this room, we think we can fix everything at once. We can't. Find the one biggest hole, whether that's conversations to appointments set, appointments set to met, met to signed, signed to closed. What is the gap that you have? What's the biggest gap? Go all in and go super deep on that gap for a minimum of 90 days. 90 days is so you can master it. This isn't like, oh, we're going to attempt to get a little bit better. No, we're going to improve this dramatically, just this one spot. And then what happens after 90 days and you improve it and they see that results? 
They see the results of 90 days of focusing on setting more appointments. And their business went through the roof. The team is on track for all their goals because of one focus. That becomes a habit. Now you can find another gap and focus on that. Right? Don't do it all at once. You can't. You won't be near as productive. I'll give you a real-life example for our team is we focused on appointments set a couple months back. And I just, every single day, I shared a leaderboard. Every single day it was, here's the leaders for the week. Here's the leaders for the month. Here's the leader for the day. Oh, somebody else just showed up on the board. And I was relentless with it. We set 80% more appointments that month than we ever have in the history of our team. What did that do to our organization? We focused on it. Our appointments met a little worse, right? But we were focused on setting appointments. And so I kept the congratulations on you guys are setting more, setting more, setting more. And just by accident, we still met more, even though our ratio went down. So guess what the next 90 days was? Now we know how to set them. Let's make sure we're setting them properly so they show up. But that's how you improve your organization. It's a little stuff over time. Education. So John's been my coach for a while now, and I listened very intently to everything he says. He just said it right before I went up. Turn to the brilliance of the room. As an example, he asked you guys all questions, right? This, this bullet point right here, I asked my, my team, what's been the biggest takeaway that you guys have had that I can share from the stage? Education was it by far. Every person except for one, their first answer was education. Because they did not have to educate the consumer for the last two or three years. And they got out of that habit. So it is your job as a leader to provide that education so they can, you can pass that through them to the consumer. Whether that's on seller pricing strategies, yeah, price reductions are now a thing, right? Um, make sure that you have the right message to market match. Educate them on what is going on in the market so that they can push that through. If you guys don't have this, here's a free resource. You guys probably already do, but Keeping Current Matters, they have all the content for you. Just literally read a blog, put it on a video. Get their infographic, put your, logs, your logos on it, and there's a freebie for you. Now you are being the lighthouse for the consumers. Buyer reluctance is a real thing. Educate your, your agents how to get through those conversations when buyers are being reluctant, right? Understandably so. If you were a buyer, would you be hesitant if you didn't have all the information? Absolutely. So be understanding and pull them, guide them through if it is a good time for them. Don't let buyers wait for the mainstream media to say, oh, now's the right, best time to buy. The market crashed. Number one, it's not crashing. But number two, when the, the media says it's the best time to buy, it's already too late. They already missed it. Don't let that happen to your clients. Here's another quote that I love. The worst that happens to you can be the best thing for you if you don't let it get the best of you. The worst that happens to you can be the best thing for you you don't let it get the best of you. Guys, right now, it's separation season. It's time to go hunting. If you need agents, you need to recruit. It's time for your, your, buyers to, your buyer's agents, your listing agents to get back on the hunting mentality. Be proactive in this marketplace. Action is going to win. When times are tough, it's the time of the most opportunity. So what are you doing to take advantage of it? It's time to separate yourself from the competition. Don't just be complacent, Right? Don't be reactive, be proactive. Here's a word I love. 
To separate yourself, that means you have to compete. I feel like in this market has produced non-competitive real estate agents, at least in my organization and some other organizations that I coach. It's time to get that competitive spirit back. Get that fire in your belly. Guys, every detail matters. As you grow an organization, it's not the details don't matter anymore. They're way more important as you grow than they were when you started because that detail doesn't just affect one person anymore. It affects 61 in my, my case. That detail is crucial. Don't skip the basics. Don't skip the details. As you grow, the small things are more important, not less. I see so many people get that wrong. Well, that doesn't matter. It does. Everything matters. Now, hopefully you can delegate some of that stuff, right? So it's not all on you, but it still needs to be done. Uh, the bigger you are, the more important it is to focus on the small things. That, again, that's how you separate yourself. Back to my favorite word, compete. Anybody else starving as a young real estate agent before in this room? Raise your hand. Go through some hard times in this business. You remember that feeling of, I am so hungry, I'm not gonna let anything get in this way. I'm gonna put CPR in every single deal. I'm not gonna let this buyer leave until they write a contract. Anybody else have that, or is that just me? Okay, all right, I thought I was in a room of high performers. I thought other people went through that as well, right? <laughs> so where did that go? Somehow along the way, I have lost this. I've gathered it back, but maybe you guys can learn from my mistakes. Do you still have that fire in your belly? When your agent comes to you about wanting to save a deal, hopefully you got a got a minute guy, like Chep said, right? But when it gets to that person, or if you're that person for your organization, do you just discount it, or do you fight for every inch? Every inch matters, because you are showing that agent how important they are to you, how important the client is, and you're teaching them how to work through those troubled transactions. Real estate is not an easy business. You have to be comp competitive. Keep that starving mindset even when you stabilize. As you grow, it's more important that you keep that starving mindset. Otherwise, it's very easy to become lazy, and I hate this word, satisfied. I don't want to be satisfied. I want to be fulfilled. Big difference. Take it personal. You struggle finding that fire again? Take it personal. When did, the word, when did competition become a bad thing? Is it because mainstream media says, oh, you can't compete, everybody's a winner, everybody gets a participation trophy? Where I come from, winners win. And I know I'm in a room full of winners. Get that fire back, get that passion. Go out and win, spread that to your team. Don't just win, dominate. Good enough is not good enough. We can always do more. You can always go above and beyond and do more. Fight for every inch, get that fire back in your belly. We all had passion at one time. Maybe you still do. Maybe it's just me that lost it. But it's time to find it and light it back up. I contemplated putting this slide up because desperation has a negative connotation a lot of, a lot of times. However, I think differently than a lot of people. Think about a desperate person, whether it's a desperate person that needs money, a desperate person that is struggling with an addic addiction, a desperate person that is struggling with something in the relationship. What are they going to let get in the way of what they're desperate for? Absolutely nothing. They are relentless. They are relentless and nothing will get in their way. No excuses. It's time to get desperate in your business. 
Have an environment of desperation. Teach your agents, inspire them to want more. If your agents are lacking motivation, lacking inspiration, leaders, look in the mirror. Are you inspiring them? Do you have more or did you get satisfied? We've had the best two, three, two or three years of our lives in real estate. It's so easy to get complacent. Complacency loses every single time. You'll go from hero to zero in this market normalization if you get complacent. Remember, this market happened for you, not to you. Going back to the beginning, life happens for you, not to you. Those of you that woohooed in the room when I said the market's shifting, this market happened for you, not to you. This market happened for your agents, not to your agents. Don't let them be victims, be victors. Leaders, lead by example. Anybody here struggled with getting their agents to pick up the phone and call people again instead of the phone ringing for them? Anybody? Just, okay. Thank you. Daryl knows. Daryl's, Daryl's my hype man up here. Thanks, Daryl. So, guys, why are they not prospecting? It's because they don't understand the importance, number one. But number two, are you prospecting as the leader? Are you leading by example? I got this from Chip. I said, dude, how do I get my people to make phone calls? He just started laughing. Anybody heard that evil laugh from Chip when he knows exactly what you're getting ready to say? That's what I got. And it worked. He said, here's what you do. Go to your bullpen. Let your agents know for an hour a day you're prospecting in the database like an ISA. If they want to participate, they can listen in, hear your phone calls. But the appointments you set only get passed out to the people that participate. Are you willing to do that as a leader of your organization? Guys, I haven't sold a house in five years. As soon as he said that, the next day, I started. Guess what that created? Well, if Matt's willing to do it, you have to lead by example. Another thing, too, that drives me nuts. I say this all the time. I say it so much that uh, my media guy made a little label and put it on the trash can because um, it drives me nuts when people don't take out the trash or they just shove it down. How you do anything is how you do everything. But it's even more important when you're a leader. When's the last time you took the trash out or do you call the receptionist, hey, this trash is getting full? I have literally had people trying to take the trash out of my hands. I'm taking it out because I do it so often. I do it before it needs done, just to make a point. I'm not above doing the little things. How you do anything is how you do everything. That's how you lead by example. That's how you inspire, motivate, and grow a company and a culture. You guys should write this one down. Your company takes on the personality and most importantly, the standards of the leader. What are your standards? Have your standards slipped when the market slipped, got easy? Maybe it's time to reevaluate. If your standards become better, everything else falls in line. It starts with you. I remember sitting on the, on the stage uh, last year, <laughs> and John, here's a told you so moment for you. I said, sorry, John, but I don't recruit. I attract agents. Guys, that was wrong. Couldn't have been further from the truth. Thank God I'm in these rooms. I have great coaches and mentors, and great people in this, in this room that helped me realize how important it was. Guys, we had so many things going great. Last year on the stage, I was number 15 in the nation. Number one on my market for six plus years. My average per person productivity for agents that have been with us all year was over 50 transactions per agent. Why do I need to recruit? Why? 
Everything's going great. But you can't accomplish great things without great people. I'm going to go off script for a little bit. We had some great conversation on the way to the gym this morning in Starbucks, and it got me thinking of trials and tribulations while I got a little bit of time left of things that I learned that I want to share with you from this market. Recruiting taught me that it's never good enough, and when good times happen, guess what follows it? When it's smooth sailing, shit's getting ready to hit the fan, right? We're in the real estate business. You have to realize that it's never going to be smooth forever. So having a per-person productivity of 50 per agent sounds great. It was. It's not sustainable. They get burnt out. They made more money than they've made in their entire lives. They had it when the market was easy. When the market normalizes, they don't want to do the work to get that anymore. And they're comfortable doing 20 transactions. When you have 19 people that are, get comfortable in your organization, what does that mean for a leader? It's not good. Thank God I listened to John and started recruiting. Saved my business. Uh, let's go back to, uh, um, I want to talk about winning for a minute, actually. When did competing, dominating, and winning become a bad thing? Like, I want to win. You guys, we're all winners in this room. That's why we're here. Don't apologize for winning. Don't feel bad for winning. Life's a competition. Get competitive. Get that fire in your belly. We're all born to win. I take it back. It's your obligation to win. You were put on this planet for something special. Don't half-ass it. Show people what is possible. Be the example. You can control that. So I take this one very personal. Two little girls at home. Someone has to show them what winning looks like. They're not going to learn it in schools. They're not going to learn it in mainstream media. It's up to us. You don't want them to be afraid of winning or get a trophy for just showing up. That does not serve the world. That does not serve your kids. All right, why don't most people don't recruit? Again, lesson I learned. This is why I didn't. This is transparency, right? It's uncomfortable. I don't like getting rejected. I don't like when an agent hangs up on me or says, oh, I'm not interested. That's not a good feeling. I wanted to protect my culture, right? This is for me. This is my thoughts exactly. Anybody else want to protect their culture? That's why they didn't recruit? Why they hesitated? <laughs> Rejection stings, right? Nobody likes being rejected. So let me ask you this. If you, if you don't have a recruiting plan, you're not focused on it daily, or somebody in your organization isn't focused. It should be you if you haven't done it yet. It's part of leading by example. Clear the path for everybody else, right? Do it yourself first. But if you're not focused on that every single day and you make these excuses, whatever they may be, what would you do if one of your agents came to you with those same bullshit excuses? What would you say to them? Are you a hypocrite? Are you the leader that I know you can be? Lead by example. By the way, recruiting fixes your culture. It doesn't hinder your culture. Recruit the right way. Attract the right people. Your culture will be better, not worse. So make sure you have a plan. Make it a priority. Build relationships. You don't go for the kiss on the first date, right? That's not how it works in recruiting. Build a long-term relationship. Ch Chep hit on that earlier. 
So if I hadn't recruited like crazy, we would have been in serious trouble. I, over doubled, I doubled my agent count from 20 to 42 agents in a 30-day period this year. That's huge, right? When I do something, I go all in. Let me be transparent with you guys. I let my leadership team, it was my decision ultimately, so it's not them. I decided that we grew too quickly. Let's slow down a little bit. Double your agent count in 30 days, let's slow down. Guys, we would have <laughs> be transparent again. I originally set our goal, 1,200 units this year. We're gonna barely creep over 800, that's what we're projecting. You know why? Because I made this decision to stop recruiting. It's on me. If I would have recruited, if I would have kept on that trajectory, the goal would have been surpassed by far. It's not the market. It's not because we're not making calls. It's because I didn't recruit. When's the last time you got vulnerable in front of your team and shared that with them? Why we're not hitting our goals is because of me, not because of you. Or do we sit up and point the finger? And without doubling the agents, like I would have went backwards big time. Like doubling the agents and we're, we're having our smallest growth from year to year. Um, partially because in our market, they're all brand new agents. But again, that's an excuse. However, you have to go like crazy on recruiting. This market is happening for me and not to me. I'm gonna skip through this, I'm running out of time. So quickly, remember the 97 listings I told you guys about at the beginning? Things come full circle, full circle in this world. That broker that stole 97 listings from me, hundreds of thousands of dollars, this is his building. Guess who signs in front of it? He's going out of business. We're selling the building. <laughs> Quickly, leadership matters. The speed of the leader determines the pace of the pack. I hit on all that earlier. Be the best version of yourself. Develop other leaders in your organization. Make sure you have a culture and core values that encourages others to step up. You don't have to be a leader to be a leader. Encourage a culture of leadership. Put people to the front of the room when they do something great. Acknowledge your people. The most important lesson, John, is it okay if I go about three minutes over? I got a really cool video I wanna share. All right, the most important lesson in leadership I have learned is that everyone is always watching and actions speak louder than words. If you're a parent, get the tissues ready, sorry. Say we're gonna, we're gonna protect our culture, okay? Another reason people don't grow, PTSD. It's the truth. You have abandonment issues and you've got to look at that. That's just stuff. I've hit people all the time with that PTSD. You gotta you gotta get you gotta get through that stuff. Okay? I mean big time. So here's what you need to do. Number one, go back to where I started. You need to make a decision of what the number is going to be on 1231, 2023. You guys remember that? Remember we talked about that? Okay. Number two, here's the number. Number two, here's what you need to do. You need to sit down with your employees, your staff, and have an alignment meeting. An alignment meeting. Because guess what? Do you know what more recruits mean to employees? Some of them are in the room. Are they excited about more agents? Yes or no? No, it means more work. So how are you choreographing? How are you casting the vision? How are you constantly enrolling them and letting them see the value in more people coming in? Well, they have to, it's their job. Yeah, how's that one work out for you? I'm just telling you guys, you gotta go deep and understand these things, okay? Oh, but next, my agents. Oh, they're gonna take all of our leads. 
We can't do it. John, I tiptoe around that. You got to stand up in front of your people, okay? And here's the real quick, simple thing. We're in a sales meeting right now at the very, very end when you're going to cast this vision. You know, here's what I want to do real quickly, everyone. I want to do an ex acknowledgement exchange. If you would just think of someone in this room, stand up and acknowledge them. Someone who's impacted you personally or someone who's impacted you professionally. And people in this room have done this. And let it run and run and run and run and run. And then you ask them this business. Let me ask you guys this. Do you want to grow your business? Let's role play it. Yes. Is it okay if I grow the business? Yes. Okay, good. Do you want to make a profit? Yes. The profit word is not a bad word. It's a bad word when you don't talk about it. Is it okay that I make a profit? Yes. Awesome. Let me tell you what the profit is. We are in a fast-paced, moving market. You know what? And I don't care what any other company is doing. You know what I care about? I care about what the consumer is doing. And the reason that we need to grow is because, quite frankly, it grows the collective genius of the organization. You just shared that you've been impacted by people here. Imagine if we bring more people in like you. Now, here's the thing. I know you're really, really worried about who's going to come in. Well, that's why I'm asking you to partner with me, because who knows who would fit better than you? So raise your hand if you're with me to help me bring the right people in, because we're growing. Raise your hand, okay? See, are you enrolling people, and are you sharing with them the benefit? Because here's the other part, too. Like, listen, we aren't competing against ABC, XYZ, real estate company. We're competing against the 10,000 ads that the consumer sees a day. The 10,000 impressions. We're competing against how Amazon delivers every experience that people have, okay? And it's gonna take financial resource to stay out in front. The organization's bigger than me. I'm gonna ask you to partner with me and continue partnering with me with your human resource and your financial resource to serve this organization that's bigger so that we can win. Are you guys with me, yes or no? Are you gonna help bring great agents over? Yes or no? Yes. Awesome. And by the way, is any, are any of you concerned that you're not getting enough leads? Any of you? Okay, good, because I was gonna really be happy to sit down with you and open up your follow-up, Boston, so you're out by an activity. But don't laugh, that's the truth, okay? Daddy is the sweetest daddy in the world. Mm -hmm. is the most handsome, the smartest, the most clever, the kindest. He is my Superman. wants me to do well at school. Daddy is just great, but... He lies. about having a job. He lies about having money. 
He lies that he is not tired. He lies that he is not hungry. He lies that we have everything. He lies about his happiness. He lies because of me. So I want to show you that quick video. Did I get anybody else? I've watched it like eight times, and it gets me every time. So that video means so much, but how can we relate that to real estate, right? Everyone's watching you. Your agents, your kids, your spouse. You can, you can stand in front of them and say whatever you want to say, but actions speak louder than words. For me, I know my kids are watching. My actions will make them who they become. What actions are you taking? Are you lying to try to hide things? Or are you being transparent? Are you actually living the life that you say that you're living? Same thing with your team. You have to lead by example. You're all, we are all leaders of somebody in our life, right? So, guys, real quick to cap it, wrap it up is I want you all to be the person that you're meant to be. Like, we are all capable of so much. I started this with I'm nobody special. Like, I still can't even believe, like, I feel like I've been up here for like 30 seconds. Time flew by because I can't believe that I'm on this stage in front of this room. Like, it's possible. Put your mind to it and do it. Quit playing small. You were meant for great things. Your playing small does not serve the world, does not serve your family. Quit playing small. You're meant for greatness. So who are you? You get to make that decision. So decide, who are you gonna be? Put in the work, make it happen. Is life happening for you or is life happening to you? That's it.